Welcome to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. I love that song, Little Dreamer. Can you tell us more about him, Benny? Sure. It's an amazing artist here locally. It's Clint McCune from Orcas Island. So we want to bring in the island love yet again. And for the new year, happy new year to you and all of our listeners, by the way. And uh, yeah, so if you want to visit ClintMcCuneMusic.com, that's where you can find his amazing song. And this one specifically, it's a Little Dreamer or Dreamer in the Deep. And we've also featured him on other episodes of the show for you. Fantastic. Well, thank you. And happy new year to you. Thank you. And to our audience. So I love and chose that song, Little Dreamer, because of the words in the song of going to sleep. And that's kind of a little bit of a story in a sense. I wouldn't call it quite a sleep, a wake sleep that my guest today went through. And I am more than thrilled to introduce to all of you, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, who has written two books, Stroke of Insight and Whole Brain Living. And we're going to be talking about those today. And she's also done a TED Talk, but she became an instant worldwide sensation after her TED Talk. And so welcome to the show, Jill. So happy to have you here. Thank you, Marla. It's good to be with you. It's going to be fun today. So I want to start by talking about your story because you your story really leads into why these books are here. So let's talk about your early years and what you experienced in kind of being a brain scientist, a neuroscientist, right? Yes. So I grew up to be to study the brain because I have a brother who's 18 months older than I am, who would be eventually diagnosed with chronic schizophrenia. And because he was only 18 months older, as siblings, everywhere we went, we went together. And he was my constant companion. And I started noticing at a really young age that we would have the exact same experience, but walk away with very different interpretations about what happened. And, and I just, we, we just had this natural miss. And so I became fascinated with what am I, what is he, what is life, what is real, what is right. And I just became fascinated by the human being, the human brain, uh, body language, et cetera. So it, every, you know, my whole path was, was set by my relationship with my brother. That is amazing. And it's so cool that you cared so much to better understand mental illness and why people are different. And that just has led you on this amazing career. Um, So you not only were doing this with him, but you were doing a lot of uh, working, you know, once you became a brain scientist, right? Or you want to talk about that, how you became you, so you became brains or how, what was your degree? I got a degree in uh, neuroanatomy and life sciences. And um, uh, my fascination was how does our brain create our perception of reality? That was all I cared about. And in the beginning years, I didn't know, all I knew was my brother and I were different. But as children, I didn't understand something, someone could not be normal because we don't talk about this with children, at least in in my day, we did not. So I was really fascinated with what is normal because I knew one of us wasn't something, you know, we weren't in tune. And so it was uh, actually a relief for me when he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, because that meant, okay, well, then the odds are pretty good. Then I'm, I'm as normal as normal can be growing up in that environment. 
So I, I started uh, as a neuroanatomist studying which cells uh, in which areas of the brain communicate with which chemicals and then in what quantities of those chemicals so that I could really understand the, the structure, the anatomical structure of the human brain. So you went along, you were very active in your life. You're studying the brain, you're understanding how it communicates inside your head and you're studying it from all different angles. Yeah. And then one day something happened. Yes. So I was teaching and performing research at Harvard Medical School. I was 37 years old in the prime of my life. And I just woke up one morning and I experienced a major pounding pain behind my left eye. And over the course of four hours, I watched my own brain deteriorate so that after that, I could not walk, talk, read, write, or recall any of my life. So I was experiencing a major hemorrhage in the left half of my brain. And through the eyes of a neuroscientist, of course, this is fascinating to me because, you know, I think I teach neuroanatomy. I teach these cellular circuits. I can visualize if I'm no longer able to do something, I know which cells in the brain are responsible for that. And so I'm just watching my own brain circuit by circuit go offline over the course of those four hours until the point of I do finally get help. Uh, but it's, uh, it's quite a, a grueling experience, which is the, the TED talk that you mentioned. Yeah. And in that TED talk, it was so amazing to listen to you because you were actually kind of like looking inside yourself as you talked. It's like you couldn't then, I mean, you talked about going, oh, I have to go to work, but your brain wasn't right. And so you went yeah. in to take a shower and, and can, just walk us through a little bit of that. Cause I find that so fascinating and I think it helps explain why you wrote the books you did and how, how your brain works better is how your brain went offline and kind of well, what you went through with that. Yes. Every ability we have is because we have brain cells that perform that function. And we have a pretty good idea. We know where the motor cortex is. We know how it's organized in order to move the body. We know where the auditory system is. It's a, a complex group of cells uh, from the, the hair cells uh, of the organ of cordy all the way up into the cortical um, auditory cortex. I mean, we, so I visualize, because this is what I was teaching, I would visualize all of these circuits. And so as I was, was experiencing uh, different things, like I was, I was on this cardiac glider, this uh, getting my morning exercise, and my hands were looking like claws instead of normal hands. And that's a part of my brain that defines the boundaries of where I begin and where I end. And so when I'm in the shower and I actually slip and, and uh, up against the wall and I'm looking at my hands and I'm looking at the wall and I'm realizing I cannot distinguish where I begin and where I end as it, I'm just blended with the atoms and molecules of the wall. And that was because a small group of cells in my parietal region of my left brain, they were drowning in a pool of blood. So they were no longer functioning. And, um, you know, this is just a, a four hour progression of deterioration. And I encourage everyone, if you, you're remotely interested in the brain to listen to that TED talk, because I take you moment by moment by moment through that process of deterioration. 
Yeah. And it's amazing. It's called my stroke of insight and you can find it on, you know, YouTube, Ted talk um, stations, but it absolutely blew me away because with her left brain out of commission, she moved into her right brain, which is the stuff that I teach the being zone. I teach people how to get into that moment, into being present in the moment, which is very much more right brain. And then also connecting with whatever you believe, whether you call it universe or source or God or spirit or whatever you want to call it. That's the side that I teach because I lived in my left brain in my corporate career and pushed myself into stress and overwhelm and went overboard. And so then I have learned I had to learn, it took me 20 years of stress-related diseases and having issues to learn to be more right brain. And I saw how to balance left and right. But when her book came out, it was like an aha moment when your whole, you know, your stroke of insight was one, the whole, the whole brain living was like, took me, oh my gosh, I couldn't be more excited when your book came out. Um, So both of these books are available on Amazon and probably your website too, right? Um, I think it all roots either through Hay House or, or Amazon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So but I do encourage local bookstore shopping. There you go. Good. Yeah. <laughs> support your locals, especially in this time of COVID. Yeah. It's support so your locals. Yeah. So My Stroke of Insight and Whole Brain Living by Joel Bolte Taylor are both amazing books if you have any interest at all in how your brain works and better understanding yourself, I think is what happens. But because I teach this being this parts of the brain, which we're going to get more into is going to help everybody, um, uh, help everybody better understand, um, themselves, I think. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we get, we come into life with this brain and it's quite complex in its own right. And we don't have a roadmap to really understanding how to get it to do what we want it to do. So it's running on automatic based on our experiences from the external and, and what the natural wiring was on top of that. And it's like, no, we can, and we have the power to choose moment by moment who and how we want to be in the world. And in order to do that, though, I have to know what my choices are. So, um, so that I can, the book is about differentiating different parts of who we are so that it's like, oh yeah, I know that part. Oh yeah, I know that part. Oh yeah, I know all these parts. And then it's like, okay, well then if I'm going to make a choice or a decision, instead of just running on the automatic uh, emotional reactivity response, I can actually choose and I, uh, I'm, I can make a better choice and I know what those options are. So to me, it's, it's a roadmap for sanity, really. <laughs> and I completely and totally agree because I probably lived more of an insane life when I was a corporate executive, just pushing myself all the time. Yeah. And then I learned how to get into the being zone and live a calmer existence because they all work together, which we're going to get into. But I think what's interesting is you watched your brain go offline. Yes. You watched it piece by piece and how it felt. And then you also over the, it took how many, how long did it, it take? took four to hours? Well, it took four hours for the process of deterioration. Right. And what I was left with on the afternoon of the stroke was the left hemisphere was wiped out because that had a huge hemorrhage that just kept growing and growing over those four hours and wiping out more circuits, more circuits, more circuits. So as I lost the left hemisphere, I lost me, the individual, because there's a group of cells in there, part of language is my identity. And so the left brain defines the boundaries of where I begin and end. And it also is 
me, the individual, all the information coming in from the external world gets filtered through the, the process of me. And then, you know, where do I live? What do I know? What's my education? All the details of my life. So as the left hemisphere went offline, I, me, Joe Bolte Taylor disappeared. And what I ended up with was this magnificent experience of the present moment. And in the present moment, I didn't have the boundaries of where I began and ended. So I shifted into being as big as the universe. I just blended back into the consciousness of all that is, but Jill Bolte Taylor essentially died that day. So the goal, it took eight years for me to use my, my right hemisphere in order to rebuild the circuits of my left brain in order to go back to what I would describe as normal, as normal as I had been before. But I think the difference was instead of just being probably being a scientist, you're going to be more left brain oriented just by nature. And even though you did a lot of things in your life to keep you in the calm place and you had this balance in your life, even though you ended up with a stroke, I, I think it was a gift from God that you had that stroke so you could learn what you learn. But that as your, your facility started coming back on to your left brain over that six to eight year period you were able to, to, you know, continue to see that balance, but better understand the right brain and the, the gift of being connected to something greater, that universe of all that is, as well as really learning to value that being time that you had put into your life and understanding how it all works. Does that make sense to you? It, it makes sense to me, but I was actually very right-brained as a child. I was much more of a right brain. And my poor mother wondered if my left brain was ever going to turn on. <laughs> so I was, I was actually, I was up through, through being a, a, a sophomore in college. I was much more right brained. Yeah. And I was athletic. I was musical. I was artistic. And I had this brother who had schizophrenia, who was genius. So I didn't have to be the, the high achieving child because he was that. So I got to just enjoy my life. But then I, I took anatomy in college and I fell madly in love with anatomy, the subject of anatomy. It was so beautiful to me. And that's really when the left brain turned on and it was like, go, 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 go. And both my mother and father were academics. So they were both thrilled that finally this girl's <laughs> left brain came online. So I started achieving and because uh, I had a good left brain and I, I just started climbing all these ladders. And then I made it to uh, teaching and performing research at Harvard Medical School. And I was just climbing the Harvard ladder. And when that hemorrhage happened and it wiped out the left hemisphere, I was actually perfectly fine because I had a really strong right brain. I, it didn't bother me that I'd lost all those left brain skills, but I understand if I had been much more left brain dominant and that had been my value structure and my, my perception of self, there would have been a much more traumatic experience for me personally. But for me, I was perfectly fine with the stroke. My mother was freaking out. Everybody in the external was freaking out, but I had, had become more whole brain having developed that left hemisphere. And then when I lost the left hemisphere, I became completely right brain. But 
in the absence of me, the individual, which is a completely non-functional space as far as climbing ladders and functioning in the external world. So I knew I had to rebuild those skill sets of the left brain. I had to have language to communicate. I had to have manual dexterity in both hands in order to gain my ability to walk. I had to regain my language to communicate. I had to regain those skill sets in order to ever be perceived as a normal, healthy, whole brain person again. So, so it was a conscious rebuild. Once, once I had lost it, I knew what I had lost and I knew what I had to regain, but I was not interested in letting that left brain character profile and the value structure of the left brain take over my life again. Wow. That is just fascinating to me because so many people live in that where that left brain does dominate their life. And I love that you grew up more right brain because that just tells me naturally you have the ability to be in that being state and to really, you know, when you do art or music, oh. you just get into the moment, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm good in the moment. Yeah. And <laughs> I was those good the, in the moment before. Yeah. yeah and, and that's what I teach people to do is go do art, go do music, go yeah. sit on the beach, go walk in the woods, go swim, right. do the right. things that get you into the present moment. Exactly. That is where you are going to get uh, more balanced in your life. It right. doesn't mean you can't use your right brain. Yes. You want to use your whole brain, which we're going to get right. into. This is just such a fascinating conversation and well, topic and, to me. Yeah. And, and we are, you know, we are not robots. We are not machines. We are not designed to turn on and we leave the computer on until it either dies or we turn it off. We're not that. We are a biological creature. Life has a push and it has to have a pause for refuel. So the left brain is the push, 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 push out into the world, do, do, do. But then you have to have the pause of the bee. And because we all know that if we take a walk, if we're busy, 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 doing, 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 and, and we're just push, push, pushing, and we're running that stress circuitry of the to-do list, and then we take a pause and we break and we go and we, we go be in nature or we, we go do something that isn't still the push, 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 but it's actually a pause, then that's the time where genius can come in and take all those bits of data of that left brain, push, 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 do, 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 and rearrange it in a natural way so that we can come back with a more creative or innovative idea because you have to have the pause. We push and we are awake and we pause and we're asleep. As a biological creature, we have to do that perfect lead into break and we're going to get more into this you are listening to love living life with marla williams on lift your spirits radio stay tuned because we're going to be right back with a lot of good information dive with me into river flow jump inside Lift your spirits with me, Dina Marie, on Whidbey Island. I'll be a tour guide for your spirit and a travel agent for your soul. Retreats include a healing session for your body, your mind, and your spirit. You receive a Reiki session plus a chakra reading, experience a labyrinth in the woods, take a walk on the beach, and enjoy downtown Langley with me. Retreats are customized for you or a group of friends. You can visit dina-marie.com to connect with me today. Island time is waiting for you. Are your medical expenses increasing, but your health is not improving? True Health offers unique services where Kassara empowers clients with intuition, education, and proven resources. Better choices can be made 
when information is available. Now's the time to visit TrueHealth.com. That's T-R-U-Health.com. And schedule your appointment to achieve your health goals. Your body will thank you. Are you planning your next move? We know it can be stressful, but at a swift move, you can relax and leave the work to us. You can put your mind at ease that your personal items will be safe throughout the entire moving process. To get a free quote from licensed professionals so you can compare and save, call us at 425-309-0577. That's 425-309-0577. So make your next move a swift one and give us a call. Do you have a hard time letting go, letting go of your stuff? Are you thinking of moving? Maybe you have a house full of things that you no longer want but need help getting rid of it? Call me, Dina Marie, at 425-350-5448. I'll help you go through your past, get rid of it, and move on to a brighter future. That's Dina at dina-marie.com. Reach out to me and lift your spirits. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Oh, into the mystery and so we grow. Thank you for listening. I'm Marla Williams on Love Living Life Radio as part of Lift Your Spirits Radio. And I'm talking to Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor today, and we're just having a fascinating conversation on the brain. And this is for everybody. So listen in. Okay, Dr. Jill, we were talking about right before break, we were talking about doing, 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 and then learning to be. And both you and I grew up in more of a being state. You know, you were more right brain. I was more right brain. And the things we tended to do and love to do, mine were maybe a little different than yours, but put us in more of that being zone, put us in that calm state. And as we moved into our careers, we both got busier with our left brains and mine ended up dominating me. And luckily you still kept more balance in your life. And I learned to rebuild balance in, but let's really talk about um, the whole brain living you know, your brain came back and as part of it going offline and then coming back online over six to eight years when you were fully functional again, you learned what each component of the brain did. Instead of just seeing the brain as left and right, which has been talked about for hundred, I don't know how many years, a lot of years since science discovered that you've actually discovered there's four quadrants. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the, the, you know, when I lost the left hemisphere, I gained a understanding of the experience of the right brain. What is it like to exist without me, the individual, or without a past and a future? I had nothing other than the present moment. And in the present moment, an example of that is I could be speaking to somebody in front of me and having a complete conversation and relationship with them. But then as soon as I turn my back to them, they simply disappear. They don't exist anymore because now I have the new present moment in front of me. 
So there are individuals who actually have no left brain and they actually have to carry a book around with them that has all the left brain data in there about what is their name, what is their phone number, where do they live, directions to the Uber or cab people if they need to go home. So they strap this thing onto themselves because when you're in the present moment, you're in the present moment. There is no past and there is no future. So when I lost the left hemisphere and I lost the identity of Jill Bolte Taylor, my relationships were gone. My anything that I had learned academically in the left brain was gone, but I still had my academic learning from my right brain. And so I could have sculpted for you an abdomen because I I taught cadaver lab and worked in in, uh, anatomy. I could have sculpted for you a perfect abdomen, but I could not have named for you with my left brain the different parts of the stomach, for example. So I lost half my education, not all of my education. And then in that present moment experience, realizing okay, I'm still completely consciousness, conscious, I'm still aware, I'm still processing information, I'm just not doing it the way that the left brain does it. But I needed to be able to do it the way the left brain does it if I'm going to communicate with that external world. So I use the skill sets of my right brain and rebuilt consciously circuit by circuit that le- that left brain structure. And then yes, I realized that we have two emotional systems. One in the present moment, of course, I'm having experience and I have uh, I have a, a, a feelings about the present moment, but I also have a cognition in the present moment, but then I had to rebuild the, the left brain And the thinking rational part of my brain, that one had not been completely destroyed. So, but I had to rebuild it. I had to give it new language. I had to learn vocabulary. I had to get new relationships and and rebuild that. I had to rebuild that structure. But the emotion from my past had completely disappeared. That was like, it wasn't just a reboot. It was like, the motherboard was gone and I had to start emotions over again. So I had lost the emotions, all the emotions of the first 37 years of my life, but the thoughts, the the cognition, I could, I could piece that back together again, but it took eight years. Yeah. And the emotions include things from, from fear or anger or right. Is that all of it? It was, it was everything. It was all emotion from my past. So, so all my anger from, from, you know, whatever, I didn't know if there was anybody I was supposed to be mad at because I didn't remember anybody. So (laughs) all of that was gone. Right. So I just loved everybody. And then, uh, but it was also like, I remember I can consciously now after I rebuilt the, the thinking part of my brain from my past, I remember the day I graduated with my PhD and it was one of the most glorious days of my life. And I know I was proud that day, but I don't have the feeling. I can't hook back in to even those positive feelings of my past. So I just lost all the emotion from my past. And I have to say that was really a great relief. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I mean, it was like no pain from the past. Now I went through a whole lot of trauma when I was young. Um, and, and, and all of that trauma also, I remember the trauma, but I don't have the affect related to that trauma. 
Yeah. So, um, so for me, it was a very freeing opportunity and it, you know, I'm a scientist in, in, I'm on this great adventure and it was like, okay, well, I, I, you know, how many brain scientists have the opportunity to, to study their own brain from the inside out? So this really, I, I didn't care that I'd fallen off the Harvard ladder. I didn't care that I didn't know any of those things. I didn't, I didn't care that I, I, you know, I just didn't, I, I don't miss any of that. I came to the present moment and now I, I get to live with a whole brain and I get to pick and choose who and how I want to be. You know, and what I love about that is when you're in that moment, when you're in that being and you don't care and you don't remember and you have that, that's actually the state that if more people got into that state every day, that state of it's kind of euphoric, I think you said in, oh, in the TED possible. Talk. And Absolutely. Right here, right here, right now, there's nothing going on. It takes that left hemisphere to come in and say, oh, I'm not happy because it's raining out and I wanted to go for a picnic or I'm happy because it's not raining out and I want to go for a picnic. You know, I don't have the left brain with the preconceived notion of what is right and wrong and what is good and bad. Instead, all it is is the present moment. I mean, is the present moment, does it exist whether I'm alive and experiencing it or not? Yeah, it's still whatever it is. And then I have this beautiful left brain that comes in and places judgment on how do I feel about it? What do I think about it? And yeah. I relate it to me because I am in my left brain, the center of the universe. Yeah. And so I call that uh, the lower left brain, the, that voice in your head that continually yeah. talks and takes you off track sometimes and sometimes keeps you on track, but does both. But it, but it just like, it's sometimes it's incessant. Like you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough. And then you begin to believe that. Right. And what this going into your right brain does is get you in more balance with I'm okay just the way I am and the happy part. And so I, it's just so fascinating. Okay, so let's talk about each of your, each of the brains. And yeah. so we've got um, number one. So, so, yeah, so first of all, the title of the book is Whole Brain Living, The Anatomy of Choice and the Four Characters That Drive Our Life. So what that means is that there are four, four quadrants of cells inside of our brain. And each of those quadrants is evolutionarily independent as its own group of cells with its own function and its own subset of function. And then they intercommunicate with one another. So as we look at our brains, we've been trained that the right brain is our emotional brain, our left brain is our rational brain, and the right brain and the left brain both have emotions. So with the right brain in the right here, right now, it's going to have the, the emotion. How does it feel to be alive right in this moment? What does the temperature of the air feel like? How much humidity is in the air? What does it feel like to have your clothing, the experience of your clothing against your skin? What does it feel like when you dive into water, that experience of, of the coolness or the, the temperature of the water on your skin and, and just the pressure of the water against your body, the experience. So the emotion 
emotional right tissue is about the experience. The emotional left tissue is emotion. These are the deep emotions that we have about our lives. This is our deep, deep, deep uh, uh, pain from the past and our joys from the past. Uh, but it's about me and it's relative to me and my emotions, my experience, my, uh, and, and it's beautiful because the emotion adds a filter that takes just what is and makes it much more interesting. It's my way, it's my way to be attached to actually caring about the fact that I am alive and what did I do yesterday or what is my relationship with like with this person? Well, I care and I attach to that person because of that left emotion. And then on top of that, the difference between other mammals and human is the addition of this thinking neocortex. And so in the right hemisphere, it's going to be all right here, right now. What is the what is my thinking process in relationship to to being as big as the universe? Because that's my perception. And then my my left brain, it's the definition of me, the individual, and it's my thinking left rational brain in relationship to the external world. So if you take those two emotional and those two thinking, then we uh, break those apart into characters. One is left thinking, character two is left emotion, character three is right emotion, and character four is right thinking. So that's the basic anatomical structure. So functionally, then, as you were mentioning, character one is going to be that, that left thinking tissue. And that's our left rational brain. And so this is, this is our A-type personality. It defines the boundaries of where I begin and where I end. Who am I, Joe Balti taylor Everything's about me and my relationship with the external world. world. It's going to define the boundaries, not just of my body, but what is right, what is wrong. What is good, what is bad. It's going to give me a societal norm within which I need to fit myself if I want to conform to society's norm. So it's it's uh, uh, it likes to be the boss. It likes to control. It likes order. It likes to organize. It likes to categorize. It's good with details. Uh, it spends a lot of time in the past. It spends a lot of time in the future. And, um, and I think we all pretty much know that part of ourselves. And it sounds like, Marla, that was a part of you that you really said, I'm ready to retire that corporate part of myself. Exactly what I did. And that's a great description. And that's is where I operated as well as the left lower brain too, which I'm going to let you jump into character two. So character two is also about me, the individual and this amazing group of cells. At the level of the brainstem, information is coming in and reptiles share that brainstem consciousness. And that's pretty much on off switches. I'm hungry, I eat, I'm satiated. I'm thirsty, I drink, I'm satiated. I'm ready to mate, I mate, I'm satiated. That's pretty much the on off reptilian brain. And then the information streams into these limbic, these emotional groups of cells. And in the character two, the character two cells take that experience of the present moment and compares it to our entire past and says, is there anything in the present moment that is happening right here, right now that I can perceive as a threat? Alarm, alarm, alert, alert. I need to get away from it and protect myself away from that. 
So the beauty of this group of cells, the emotion of our past is that it allows us to take information in the present and protect ourselves from anything that hurt us before. So this is going to be our emotional trauma, our pain from the past. There's also a group of cells right there in that group of cells in the insular cortex, which is our craving. So this is where our addictions get hooked into, because I want to hook into, if I don't like the way the present moment feels, and I'm comparing it to my past, and I'm unhappy about my past, then I can hook into an addiction that changes, shifts my consciousness away from either the pain from from my past or the present moment. So that's how we get hooked into those addiction circuits. So this is uh, what I call character two. And character two is the emotion and the alarm, alarm, alert, alert, give me a reason to push something away. And you call it in your book, Abby, or Abandoned. And to me, a, a, another piece of this or how I connect to it in my brain is that when you're young, you're born in like a theta state as far as how your brain waves and everything's kind of imprinted in you in a very young age. And then it's modeled to you. And then you socialize based on what was imprinted and modeled to you. And that becomes who you think you are. But that's just that lower left brain. That's just a piece. And it's not necessarily who you are. And what you're talking about here is that you can start to you know, when you incorporate the four brains, which we're going to get into in a minute, you can start to change those feelings and those experiences in a way, at least that's what I work with. The type of tools and things that I work with is going back and really visiting that past and helping see it in a different way. And so I just think that understanding that lower left brain, that Abby, that abandoned person, that traumatized and that voice, and that's what I call the voice in the head. Yeah. I, really powerful in helping somebody change their life. You know, I, and thank you for doing the work that you do, because you're exactly right. It is the pain from that character too, that holds us down, holds us back, holds us constricted, holds us tight and holds us in our trauma. And, um, but every ability we have is because we have cells that perform that function. So even if it's my deepest grief or my deepest trauma or my deepest pain, whatever that pain is, it's still cells, cells in circuit. And so what you're doing is working with those cells in order to make other circuits stronger. I love that. I love understanding the science. What's well, time for break. You're listening to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio and don't go away. We'll return in just a moment. Our Energy Matters Tip of the Week with Dina Marie. Set your intentions and let the universe know what it is that you want. Would you go to a restaurant and stare at the waitress? No, you would order and tell them exactly what you want. And if they brought you the wrong food or whatever you didn't order, you would send it back. And that's how the universe works. So I sit down with myself once a week and I write down my intentions and recently I was looking for a dentist and the synchronicities were there and what I wrote was a inexpensive capable well reputable dentist in my area and not only did I save money but I had a great experience at the dentist so it's important that you set your intentions for what you want and be really really clear about it and then sit back and let the universe open doors and when those doors open you walk through them so that's the Our Energy Matters Tip of the Week with Dina Marie. 
So are you ready to have a major breakthrough in your life? Marla Williams, a certified life coach and TLT practitioner, transforms lives, moving her clients from apathy to happiness, from stress to balance, from uncertainty to total confidence and more. Marla will help you identify the one breakthrough point you can change to live life in more harmony with your true self. It is life-changing. Sign up for a complimentary session at MarlaWilliams.net and experience the magic of moving from stuckness into a life you love. Lift your spirits with us every Friday at 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 1150 AM KKNW Seattle. We will be introducing you to fascinating people, fun places to visit, and activities are guaranteed to lift your spirits. Miss a show? No worries, you can visit 1150kknw.com and click on our archive page or like Lift Your Spirits with Dina Marie on Facebook for upcoming guests and events. To contact me, Dina Marie, visit dina-marie.com. Thank you so much for listening. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. This morning, we are talking about the brain and how understanding the brain can help you transform your life. And with me is Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor, and she's an amazing guest, and we're going to continue on. We've talked about the left side of the brain. We're going to move on and talk about the right side and also jump into how they work together. So we'll be a little bit quicker on talking about that right side of the brain so that we can get into what we call the huddle. So go ahead. Let's talk about the, the right side. So perfect. So I love the lyric of the song that we just heard because it was into the mystery and so we can grow. Because if we get caught up in that circuitry of that character too, that's that's that can just really prevent us from growing because it's going to protect us and keep us small and safe. But boy, the right brain, it is the explosion because I, the individual, don't exist in the right hemisphere. I have to have those cells in the left brain. So in character three, it is the emotional or experiential tissue that I talked about before. So it's the feeling of the air and the humidity. It's the feeling against the skin as you swim. So the experience, what does the present moment feel like? What does it feel like to be in the woods? What does it feel like to be lost in time when you're in the, doing something artistic or you're creating something or you're doing music? It's that experience of the loss of time. And it's beautiful. The right here, right now is a beautiful experience. And it's where I love to be. Yes. Well, awesome. I think we all, I mean, that's part of it because what is the feeling, you know, the present moment, again, it's a perfect moment. And then we bring in the left brain and then we have a preconceived notion about what we wanted reality to be. And it's like, mm, no, when you get really hooked into what is reality, then you're in reality and it's perfect. So, so, you know, this is where we're perfect and we're a whole and we're beautiful. And the feeling of that character three is joy because I'm just, I wake up joyful. I'm, I'm alive in this moment. This moment is a joy. So, uh, so yeah, for me at the root of that is joy. 
And I tell people it's like going on vacation. A lot of people choose to go to the beach and just relax because that's where they go into that being state, that into that joy, into that calm. Okay, how about character four? Well, character four is is uh, the neocortex of our right hemisphere. And at the core of our being, call it the, the true self or the authentic self, it's the part of ourselves that when everything else is said and done, I'm just simply filled with deep, deep gratitude that I exist at all. Oh my God, I'm alive. I'm alive. What is life? I mean, and I didn't come in as a microbe where I'm just, you know, this tiny little entity. To me, the meaning of life at the cellular level is to have receptors stippled on a, a, a semi-permeable membrane where some things flow in and some things flow out. And there are these receptors that receive stimulation from the external world and then influence the external world. So to me, the meaning of life is to stimulate and be stimulated by, but take that microbe and multiply it 50 trillion times and we have human life. And oh my gosh, some of my cells can hear, some can see, some have uh, motors so I can move myself around. I have hands and digits allowing me to, uh, to manipulate the space around me. Uh, we are, oh my gosh, we're all just this big, wow, we're alive. And that deep sense of gratitude that I exist at all is the consciousness at the core of that character four. And we all have that. And, and, you know, we meditate to find that peace. We pray to find that peace. Uh, uh, we laugh when we laugh, we're in that peace. I mean, we're, we're, it's a part of who we are. Yeah. And, and you called it when you were in that peace, you called it euphoria. And that's what I do. When I do, I do a morning practice, which is actually the being zone. And I have five steps, B-E-I-N-G. Well, the G is connecting with the universe guidance, you know, just stopping and listening and being so present and being aware of a greater consciousness or greater, whatever it is. But I, when I go into four, I don't, I wanted to talk to you about this. I actually get a buzzing here in my forehead, as well as my upper right brain, I actually feel a tingling. Yeah. Do you experience anything like that? Or do you know I, I don't, I, okay. I'm not, I'm not, no, I just okay. go. Okay, cool. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> okay, let's jump into the huddle because I think that's a really important part of this whole conversation is how the characters interact and how you right. can kind of retrain them, I guess, is when once right. I was a conscious of this, I'm very aware of which brain is working when. Exactly. So, yeah. It, it becomes so obvious. So the, the most important thing is you got to start with the tools, which are the four characters. Once you can recognize your four characters, then you're going to start knowing those four characters in every other person that you meet. Oh, here comes a one. You can tell the way they walk, you know, the way they talk. Oh, here comes a character three. They're obvious. Oh, here comes a character two. You know, here's a four. You really begin to recognize the four characters. And we all have all four. So sometimes I'm a one, sometimes I'm a two, three, or four. And, and so it's really interesting that in any relationship, there's eight of us, right? There's four of me and there's four of you. And my character one and your character one may get along really well, but I might not get along very well with your character two, right? I don't know how to manage that part of you. So that's a miss for our relationship. But when we get in our threes together, we play together. We have a great time. So really figuring out the four characters is, is key. And once you know your four characters, then I encourage people to do a brain huddle. And the brain is an acronym, B-R-A-I-N. So B is breath. 
so the goal of the huddle is to bring all four characters online in a huddle conversation so that you've got your whole brain online and you can in that moment then make the decision which of these four characters you want to proceed in the next moment. So the brain huddle to get into the huddle B is breath. Breath is this beautiful thing that happens in the present moment. Most of the time we're not thinking about it. Isn't that lovely? We don't have to tell our brains and our bodies to breathe every moment. So B, it's a it, breath. It's the first thing we do when we're born. It's the last thing we do when we die. And it's a train running down a track. We can bring our mind to the present moment. We can think about our breath. We can change the amplitude or the frequency. We can mess with the breath. But when we do that we have to do it in the present moment we don't breathe in the past and we don't breathe in the future we breathe right here right now so we think about breath breath okay i'm in the present b breath r is recognize which of the four characters called the brain huddle and i encourage people to have all four of your characters get really good at calling the huddle because if you do that you really get to know your characters one three and four and you need that information when it's your two who's been triggered and you need to call the huddle the others they don't need to call the huddle but they can call the huddle and appreciate all these other characters so be breath bring your mind to the present moment or recognize which character called the huddle. A is appreciate the fact that we have these four characters inside of our head every moment and that if I am in my one, I've got a three, I can go jump and play or I can jump into my four and go blissful in, uh, you know, for a walk in the woods or I can move into my pain and I can do my work inside of that envelope of that pain of my character too. So A, appreciate we have all four. I inquire in this next moment, what is the circumstance and inquire which of these four do I want to give the microphone to? Who do I want to have come out under this current circumstance? And then N stands for navigate moment by moment by moment, which is, is you know, because moment by moment, that it might be appropriate for me to show up right now as a one, or it might show up in the next moment for me to show up as a three. So I'm constantly navigating my moments and consciously aware of which character am I giving the microphone to. And this is pure personal freedom. So to me, this is whole brain living and the anatomy of choice and the four characters that drive our lives. And we have the power to pick and choose who and how we wanna be in every moment. And I have to tell you, when I learn this stuff and you really know it, you start to really operate in the world that way. You're really, yeah. really aware what brain you're in. Yeah. And if one brain's out of control and you're not liking where he's at or she's at, you can change and, yeah. and move using the other brains. Right. It, 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 this seems so different than anything I've ever thought about before, but it makes sense and it works. It's amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. I, I, I think I'm going to write an article about who came to dinner because we all had Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> and for every person who was at the table, there were really four of us at the yeah. table. And so this person over here might be have a good relationship with your one. And then this person over here, they were just like 
pushing for my two, you know, and I was like, eh. so, you know, in the course of a minute, you can be all four characters. And just to be able to watch the dynamics of who in your environment, which relationships fuel and get along with each of your characters, and what what is your relationship with each of those characters. And when we do a two against two tip for tat, boy, we're just in for personal destruction. Exactly. So I find some people tend to sit in different things. Like my early life, I carried in my left side, yeah. mostly upper, but also lower. Yeah. Um, now I live more in my right side. Yeah. And when I'm sitting at that Thanksgiving table or Christmas table or at the New Year's party, right. you can actually see whether people are, you know, and oh, some yeah. people tend to sit more in their lower left. Or yeah. sit more in their lower right. And you can see that in their style and what they do. You know, right. lower right, they're going to be more wanting to do art and spend time in the woods and enjoy life. And lower left, you're going to want to be, you're like maybe stuck in life and you're unhappy and you're, you know, complaining. So right. uh, amazing stuff. Um, I, I am using this information along with many of the tools I've learned to transform lives. And I'm seeing major changes in people because of you, Dr. Bolt Day Taylor. Because Thanks. of what you've taught me, I have such a clear understanding that I'm helping people move from that stuck state yeah. into a state where they can really love their life because yeah. they can use all their brains instead of staying stuck in one quadrant. Yes. Well, and, and, you know, I want to, I want to say all, all quadrants are so important and are so good. And, you know, so many people say to me, oh, I just wish I could cut out character number two. And I say, oh, no, 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 oh, no. Character two shows us where we're limited. It shows us where our pain is. It shows us where we're stuck. And if we're going to grow, we have to nurture where we've been and process where we've been and learn from where we've been so that we can move beyond that. And that is the beauty of that character two. It's, it's hard to be in the pain. And I always say it's important to visit but it's important to not make a lifestyle out of character too i agree and i agree your greatest pain is your greatest gain and yes. i believe every single character is important and you need to be able to understand every single character and yes. so absolutely you don't want to get rid of any of your characters you just want to learn how to use them exactly in an amazing interview today and we need to wrap up here in a minute. So just as a last thought, uh, what might you wanna share with the audience today? You know, it's a new year and my goodness gracious, let's make it a new year. And to be able to really live this life, this year after what we've been through, uh, as whole brained. Wow, this is our personal power. And uh, I just think it's beautiful. I think we as human beings are absolutely beautiful. And when we know our four characters, then we really can, it can embrace all parts of who we are. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. Again, you can find her at drjelltaylor.com. Find her books, My Stroke of Insight or Whole Brain Living on Amazon or your local bookstore. Uh, or Hay House. And thanks so much for listening to Love Living Life with Marla Williams on Lift Your Spirits Radio. Join me next month because I have an exciting guest that's going to teach you how to be more in your right brain. So thanks for being here.
feet up above the world so high like a diamond in the sky take my hand no no don't let go dive with me into river flow jump inside you will see the way you are you choose to be deeper and deeper round and around we Watch the world come and fill it up Not too loose, no, not too tight Just breathe, it'll be alright You turn to let yourself unfold Remember the names that you were told On the breath, a sacred wish Find yourself in the limitless Deeper and deeper Round and around we go Oh, into the mystery Growing. 